Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Actually, madaling ayusin yung ating justice system kung meron lang political will at kung gawin nilang bahagi nito ng ating national agenda. Ang problema, ang mga politiko, they don't talk about this. Ayaw nilang even pag-usapan ng justice kasi siguro natatakot sila Pag magandang takpo ng justice system, baka sila una pang mahuli. Oh! Shady. Hey, fellow adults. Let's figure out adult life together. Because adulting wasn't taught in school. Listen to stories and questions and sometimes expert advice on adulting, self-development, finding stability, relationships, health, well-being, and more because it's an adult thing! Jeez. Hello guys! This is our Know Your Rights episode. Yes, ito po si Carla. And this is Nika. Yun pong pangatlo, yun pong one-third namin. Sadly, Azel is absent right now, so she will be missing a very, very special episode. Actually, serious po yung episode natin ngayon. Pero mukha kaming giddy and excited <laughs> because right now, we have a very... Special guest at Superstars Track kami ngayon. But before we begin, let's thank the people muna behind this It's an Adult Thing um, episode. Ah, yes, yes, please. Okay. This live stream is organized with the help of Ziggy Chavez and Oddcast Network. And syempre, salamat yes. sa mga... Yes, and salamat sa mga viewers and listeners who are sharing this video, who are creating watch parties. Maraming salamat po sa inyo, sa mga nakikinig at nanonood. Sige. Are you guys ready? I'll introduce our guest. So, si Attorney Shell Jokno ay nagtapos ng kursong philosophy sa UP Diliman. Siya ay naging honorary member ng UP Writers Club at writing fellow ng UP Institute of Creative Writing. Nag-aral si Shell na maging abogado sa Estados Unidos at nagtapos bilang magna cum laude. Bagamat siya ay abogado na sa Amerika at nananalo po siya ng mga awards doon, simula noong 1987, nanilbihan na si Attorney Shell bilang abogado dito sa Pilipinas. So, siya ang founding and current dean ng De La Salle University College of Law. And siya rin ang chairman ng Free Legal Assistance Group or FLAG. Ang pinakamalaking grupo ng abogado sa Pilipinas para sa karapatang pangtao. Si Shell ay nakilala bilang abogado para sa mga inaapi at mga nangangailangan. So, marami siyang natutulungan na nadedahado sa hostisya, mga biktima ng paglubog ng MV Donya Pass, yung mga maliliit na mangingisda. Ipinaglalaban din ni Attorney Shell ang karapatan ng mga lumad, mga guro, sundalo, manonolat, at iba pa. So, let's all welcome our guest for today, Attorney Shell Zocno. Woo-hoo! Oh, hi, everyone. Good afternoon, Attorney. Sobrang lovely. Hi, sir. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Anytime, anytime. Sige. So, baka iniisip ng mga tao, Carla, kung bakit, parang ano bang kinalaman ng 
episode natin na to sa usual episodes natin which is about adulting and self development. Kaya natin ginagawa mm. itong special episode na knowing your rights because we believe na knowing your rights is part of adulting. Part ng obligation natin and privilege natin as adults na and bilang mamamayan ng Pilipinas to be aware and to uphold our rights according to the Philippine Constitution. So, parte ito ng pagiging responsible adults natin. Yes. Very, very important. Isa yan sa mga highlight ng pagiging adult ang alamin ang mga karapatang pangtao natin at ipagtanggol ito. And speaking of highlight, also we have our highlight and low light at idadamay natin si Attorney Chell this time <laughs> sa ating mini segment na highlight and low light of the week. Okay, oh, sige. Para ano, alam ni Attorney Chell how it goes, magsasample muna ako. Oh, sige. Okay, ang isa sa adulting low lights ko this week is I am trying to meditate <laughs> dahil nakaka-anxious itong pandemic at yung mga nangyayari sa bansa natin. No? So I'm trying to meditate. Pero lagi ko siyang natitigil. So parang every other day. Or pasa, hindi ko siya nagagawa consistently. So yun yung low light ko for this week. And my highlight for this week is I mentored some scientists to on how to create a podcast. And lalabas na this weekend yung kanilang final project. So I'm very proud of them. As in mga ano to, mga chemists, uh, geologists, ganon, who don't know anything about podcasting and they are trying to find out how to communicate science. Kasi marami tayong Filipino scientists and they just need to communicate what they're working on properly para malaman ng ibang tao. So, highlight ko yun. This That's week. super cool! <laughs> yes! Ang lowlight ko, Ma'am Shi, kahawig nung sa'yo, um, nabanggit ko to sa'yo privately, my anxiety is kind of building up lately. So, these past few days, nights, haven't been, ano, hindi mabilis matulog, pero still, relatively fine. That's my low light. Mm-hmm. My highlight, bukod sa today, which is like we're sharing a screen with the chill joke, no? <laughs> Other than that, I'm, I'm happy na this week, kahit na naka-quarantine ako, I'm trying to keep myself quarantined at home, I get to mm-hmm. meet people I learn from, like kahapon, we guested sa Back to Basics, di ba? Mm-hmm. With attorney yes. Joseph Naman and Jack Hugh. So I appreciate that. And now we're interviewing attorney Chell. And we're gonna learn a lot for sure. So meeting people like you, sir, and um, yung iba pa namin nakausap through It's an Adult Thing is my super highlight for the week. Ako naman. Sige, sige. Na. Yes, attorney Naman. Sige, sige. Simulan natin sa low light. Ang aking low light this week is hindi ko pa natatapos yung grades ko. Iniintay na ng mga estudyante ko. <laughs> <laughs> but if any of my students are watching, uh, wag kayo mag-alala. Malapit na, matatapos na rin yung mga grades ninyo. My highlight for the week actually was um, yung last Monday, yung Sonag Kaisa. Palagi ko, narinig nyo na yung yes, so- salitang Sonag Kaisa. But yung highest highlight ko ay nagkaisa na rin ang mga abogado. Aside from all the groups that joined together to do that event, mm-hmm. because of the past experiences na meron na naharas o nahuhuli sa mga rally, nagsama-sama na rin yung mga lawyer and uh, nag-create kami ng mga teams. So that, uh, to make just to make sure na kung may nahuli, may magre-respond di agad. So, first time yon at uh, magandang highlight talaga yun sa akin. Hey, wow, that's good, good to hear. Good job. 
Ngayon natin pinakakailangan magkaisa, guys. As citizens, alam nyo yan. We know that, correct? Ayan, yes. okay. Naka-warm up na tayo lahat. <laughs> Ready na tayo? Gina Now, tayo for... Yes, okay. let's get to business. Bakit nga tayo may ganitong episode? Bukod sa it's our obligation niya to know our rights. Backgrounder lang. Recently, niratsada ang pagpasa ng isang very controversial bill, which is now a law, the Anti-Terror Bill, or what many of us call the Terror Law. Mm-hmm. And then, kadikit nito yung pagpapasara ng ABS-CBN, pag-i-issue ng mga sabpina sa mga sibilyan na bumabatiko sa gobyerno, pagkukumpis ka ng newspaper, printed newspaper, I'm sure na nakita niyo yun sa news lately. So we feel that our freedom of speech and freedom of the press are directly attacked. And these two are the foundations of a democratic society. That's why we, kinarin talaga namin, especially si Ma'am Shinika, Nika, thank you for contacting <laughs> Attorney Shell. Kaya kinarin namin to bring in Attorney Shell para mapaliwanag sa atin ng mabuti kung ano ang totoong implications itong mga nangyayaring to sa bansa natin recently. Alright, okay. So, let's begin. So, Attorney, ang first question po namin, we just like to have a brief backgrounder of the anti-terrorism law. Para sa mga hindi pa nakakabasa ng anti-terror law, which anyone can find on the internet, ano po ba yung pinaka nilalaman or essence ng batas na ito? begin by saying na meron na tayo dating anti-terror law. Yung tawag natin doon ay yung Human Security Act. Napasayan na uh, noong 2007 pa. So, okay na sana yun. May, may, ang, ang target talaga niya ay para ma, 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 mahuli at uh, makasuhan ang mga terorista. Pero for their own reasons, ang uh, nagustuhan ng ating kongreso na alisin yung dating law at palitan siya with what we now call the Anti-Terror Act of 2020. Anong pagkakiba ng dalawang batas na yan? Yung, yung dati natin law, yung Human Security Act, yan ay isang ayon sa ating konstitusyon na hindi ka pwedeng makulong ng lalampas ng tatlong araw na walang kaso. Because in our constitution, it's very clear, kahit na deklarado pa ang martial law, kahit suspended ang writ of habeas corpus, Three days lang ang maximum that you can be detained without charges. Ang nangyari dito sa bago natin law ay ginawa nilang 24 days maximum. So pwede kang mahuli na walang warrant at pwede kang makulong ng 24 na araw na walang kaso. At uh, sa tingin namin, uh, yun ay very clearly against the Constitution. Ano yung danger kasi pag ikaw ay nakulong ng ganong katagal na wala naman kaso? Well, unang-una, syempre, right to liberty. That is one of our most basic rights. Uh, sino ba sa atin ang gustong makulong, lalong-lalo na kung wala ka naman ginagawang masama? Uh, pangalawa ay, during that time, although they say that they will respect our rights, sa uh, aking experience bilang sa human rights lawyer, the longer na ikaw ay nakulong na walang kaso, the more susceptible you are to physical or psychological torture. Kaya yun ang isa namin kinakatakutan. The, the second problem, I think, with the law is that imbis na, kasi sa ating konstitusyon, ang pwede lang mag-authorize ng detention ay judge. Judge siya dahil, syempre, independent ang judge, hindi siya part of the executive department, objective siya, impartial. 
Ang nangyari itong bagong anti-terror law, ibinigay nila sa Anti-Terrorism Council yung uh, authori- power to authorize that 24-day detention. Eh, okay lang sana yun. Ang problema, ang Anti-Terrorism Council, ang mga kasama dyan sa ATC, ay puro executive department din. It's headed by the executive secretary, nandiyan yung secretary of justice at ibang mga cabinet members. So, hindi sila independent ng uh, ating chief executive. They are part of the executive department. Kaya yun, nababahala din kami doon dahil maganda sana kung judge ang magdedesisyon kung tama ba yung pagkahuli sa inyo at uh, kung uh, pwede ka pa bang ikulong. So, y- yung isa pang bagay, yung, yung dati natin, Human Security Act, meron siyang provision doon na pag, pag-election, hindi siya pwedeng gamitin. Which I think is a very good safeguard para hindi naman mapolitika yung batas. Pero dito sa bagong anti-terror law natin, inalis yun. In other words, um, pwede siyang gamitin kahit na may kampanya, kahit may halalan na. At um, siyempre, ang, ang, ang takot namin ay madali itong gamitin laban sa mga kritiko ng administrasyon o yung mga gusto lang uh, magsalita ng malaya. So, this is of the things that concern us about that law. Um, wow! Attorney. <laughs> wow! Ang dami pong concerning points, ano? Um, attorney, parang isa pa po sa nabasa po namin is yung vague uh, definition daw po ng terrorism is all is that also yes. a concern? Eh, hey, marami pang mga concerns. Opo, the mere fact na napagsususpetsahan ka, grounds na 'yon sa pagdakip dito sa bagong batas na pinasa, 'di ba? Uh, maaring grounds na 'yan for for warrantless arrest. At 'yun ay nakakatakot din. Ngayon, yung isang problema din nabanggit niyo kanina, yung freedom of speech, 'di ba? Ayun talagang cornerstone ng ating demokrasya yan. Kung wala tayong freedom of speech, paano ba natin masasabing tayo ay isang demokratikong estado? Ang problema dito sa anti-terror law ay meron siyang bagong crime na inciting to terrorism. It's the speech crime kasi salita lang, pwede ka nang makasuhan, pwede ka nang maaresto, pwede ka nang makulong. And what is the problem here? Yung definition ng terrorism ay napakalawak at uh, napaka-vague din. Uh, kasi dati, yung under the old law, yung Human Security Act, very simple ang definition. Dapat meron kang i-commit na crime, for example, arson, or murder, or rebellion, etc. And then, ang purpose mo is to create widespread panic or fear to compel the government to give in to your unlawful demand. So halimbawa, meron kang su- uh, suicide bomber ka, sabihin mo sa pamahalaan, pag hindi nyo pinakawalan yung kasama ko, ay papaputukin ko itong, papasabugin ko itong bomba. That is clearly an act of terrorism under the old law. But that pinalitan yung definition na yun. Under the new law, uh, parang ganito yung nakalagay. Eh. Any person who incites, who intends, any, any person who, who engages in an act intended to cause death or uh, damage to property or uh, to interfere with critical infrastructure for the purpose of uh, spreading fear or destabilizing the government or uh, creating, um, undermining public safety is guilty of terrorism. Kaya napakalawak ng definition na halimbawa, kung, ewan ko kung naalala niyo pa yung 1986, yung EDSA Revolution, 
kung if you recall na, nasa chan pa ko nun sir ayun anyway siguro sa classroom narinig niyo na yon yes, di ba yes. nung time na yon si archbishop uh, cardinal sin nanawagan siya nagpunta siya sa radyo sa radio veritas nanawagan oh, siya yes. noon oh pumunta kayo sa camp aginaldo at camp crame protektahan natin si general ramos at si secretary enrile kasi kumalas na sila sa marcos uh, dictatorship Mm-mm. if this law were in effect during that time Malamang Archbishop Sin could have been charged with inciting to terrorism. Mm, Kasi yes. by calling on people to go to EDSA, he's interfering with the essential public services, critical infrastructure. Mm. Tapos ang purpose niya ay to destabilize the government. Kasi sila, and really noon, ay kumalas na nga sa, sa dictatorship. So pasok na pasok yun sa definition ng terrorism. And yet, from a common sense point of view, hindi naman yun terrorism. Okay. So, yun ang nakakatakot doon. And nakaka-bother pa, attorney, kasi kung tama po ang pagkaintindi ko, correct me if I'm wrong, before, it can be considered a crime lang kung merong clear and present danger. Pero ngayon sa bagong batas, any stage ng pagpaplano ng any terrorist attack or ter- quote-unquote terrorist attack, kahit na iniisip mo pa lang siya na walang proof, Sasabihin lang na ikaw, iniisip mo, nagpa-plano ka, o pwede ka nang dakipin. How can you prove that someone is thinking of this and that? So, Tama. At uh, siguro, pwede ka mag-aral ng law. Hindi ka pa ba pumapasok <laughs> sa law school? <laughs> Kayo nang bahala sa amin, sir, pagdating sa law. We do podcasting, you do the lawyering. <laughs> Yun ang problema din ng, ng batas na yan. Kasi it, it doesn't require na may mamatay o may masirang property or mayroon talagang damage sa critical infrastructure as long as you intended to do it. And as you mentioned, eh, paano mo establish yung intent eh, nasa loob ng utak yon You will need some, what we call in law, you need overt acts. Yung talagang may gagawin kang hakbang o action na yun dapat ang maging uh, batayan ng pagkahuli sa iyo. So, well, we have to wait and see how they will implement it. Yes. And also, attorney, kanina nabanggit niyo po in passing na yung Anti-Terrorist Terrorism Committee ay nasa executive branch ng government right now. And I find that very alarming kasi kaya nga merong different branches. Di, po po, di po ba ang government may executive, may legislative, merong judiciary? for checks and balances para kasi kapag centralized yung power, that's a sure ball way for dictatorship. Ang daling i-manipulate ng political power kapag ganun nga pong nakasentro lang sa executive branch yung decision on who goes free, who gets to be captured. Tama po ba yung pagkaintindi namin, attorney? Yun, yun yung kagandahan ng dating law natin, yung Human Security Act. Kasi yung, yung law na yun, ginagalang niya yung separation of powers. Ang pwede lang noon mag-authorize ng detention ay court. Ang pwede lang mag-authorize ng, um, mag-proscribe ng organization na tawagin siyang terrorist organization ay court din. Dito sa bagong law, ibinigay yun sa Anti-Terror Council na sabi ko nga ay part of the executive department. Tapos sinang pumipili, sir? Sinang pumipili nung, nung membership nung Anti-Terrorism Council? Sa law na siya. Ang members ng Anti-Terror Council, ang Executive Secretary, ang Chairperson, 
Tapos nandyan yung Secretary of Justice, nandyan yung National Security Advisor, nandyan yung Secretary of Information and Communication Technology, nandyan din yung Executive Director ng uh, Anti-Money Laundering Council, and several others who are all members of the Executive Department. Okay, okay. Itanong na rin namin, Attorney, kasi po kanina, ilang beses niya na rin pong nabanggit na labag sa Constitution. Tanong na rin po namin for many of us naman kasi we don't like we don't read the Philippine Constitution in an everyday basis naman. So ano po bang mga artikulo o provision ng Constitution yung directly nilalabag nitong anti-terrorism law? Important part of the Constitution is the Bill of Rights. Kasi doon mm-hmm. nakalagay yung lahat ng ating mga karapatan. At uh, klaro naman doon na uh, hindi ka naman pwedeng basta-basta at hulihin, hindi ka rin pwedeng uh, pasukin yung bahay natin na walang search warrant. Kaya ang tawag namin doon ay yung warrant requirement. And ang judge lang ang, ang pwedeng mag-issue ng warrant. Yung mga polis ay pwede silang manghuli na walang warrant pero very limited ang kanilang authority. Pwede lang manghuli ang polis halimbawa kung may nang, nangyaring krimen mismo sa harap nila. We call that uh, inflagrante delicto. Pwede rin mangyari yung, ma- pwede rin sila manghuli na walang warrant kung let's say may nangyaring crime pagdating nila doon sa crime scene, tumatakbo pa lang yung suspect, o, pwede nilang hulihin yan na walang warrant. And third, kung may mga escape prisoner or detainee, they can arrest them without warrant. Pero yun lang ang, ang, ang mga sitwasyon na pwede silang mangaresto na walang warrant. Ang, ang kin, uh, natatakot lang kami dito sa anti-terror law dahil if you read the law, it would appear to authorize them to arrest any person who is suspected terrorist kahit wala siyang ginagawang crime at the time. At uh, yun ay labag sa, nga, sa ating konstitusyon. Yes, yes. Um, marami po kasing mga myths or mga kuro-kuro na lumalabas po sa social media or mga usapan. So, or mga script. Mga script, oo. So, gusto sana namin hingin yung reaction nyo towards these statements. So, isa pong halimbawa is uh, sinasabi nila na bakit ka matatakot kung hindi ka naman terorista or kung wala ka namang masamang ginagawa. How should we react to that kind of uh, statement po kaya? I'll you my own personal experience. Nung natapos na yung eleksyon, um, kaming yung ocho diretsyos, pito out of the eight candidates, kasama na rin si Vice President Lenny Robredo and many others, were charged with inciting to sedition. Yung parang inciting to terrorism yung crime na yan. Wala naman kaming kinalaman dyan sa sedition, sedition na yan. At uh, sin- nung nalaman namin na sinampang kami ng kaso, sabi na, bakit naman na kami, uh, why will we be charged when we haven't done anything wrong? And yet, we had to suffer the indignity of going to the Department of Justice, submitting counter-affidavits. It took about, I think, around six months bago dinismiss ng DOJ yung kasong inciting to sedition laban sa amin. Kaya yung sinasabi nila argument na bakit kayo matatakot dyan sa anti-terror law kung hindi naman kayo terorista, eh bakit nga kami, wala kaming kinalaman sa sedition, eh sinampahan kami ng inciting to sedition. Ganon kadali kang makasuhan dito sa ating bayan. And I think you've also seen what happened to some netizens na nag-post lang sa Facebook. Yung si Miss yes. Beltran na taga Cebu, nag-post lang siya sa Facebook. Kinatok siya sa bahay niya, hinuli na walang warrant. 
Yung si Teacher Ronel sa Sambales, meron siyang pinu sa Facebook, pinuntahan ng NBI, hinuli na walang warrant. Kaya hindi ako sang-ayon doon sa sinasabi nila na dapat mag-alala ka lang kung terorista ka. Because we've seen how the law has been misused in in the recent times. Yes, may, may nakikita nga akong meme sa internet lately, sir, ang nakalagay doon. Hindi ka naman peste, bakit ka takot sa pesticide? <laughs> Kasi nga, ang mga pesticides, harmful siya sa mga, ang target niya, fine peste. But it can be harmful to many other species as well. So, gets parang o oh, nga, no? it's a perfect analogy for this terror law. I like that. Gagamitin ko. <laughs> Sige, sir. <laughs> Send natin yung meme mamaya kay ano, kay Adorn. <laughs> okay, isa, po, isa pa pong statement na narinig ko is may mga nagsasabi na kailangan naman daw yung anti-terrorism law, lalo na sa mga probinsya, kagaya ng mga nasa Mindanao. Dahil meron talaga mga terrorista at rebelde sa lugar nila. Kaya hindi raw dapat mabahala kaming mga nandito sa Maynila, Mindanao. So, ano po ba? May basis po ba yun? How do you react to that po? Ito yung tingin ko dyan eh. Kung talagang seryoso yung ating pamahalaan na tapusin na itong problema ng terorismo, ang terorismo kasi, ano yun eh, organized crime yun. Para din siyang smuggling, para din siyang drug trading, ganun-ganun. Kung talagang seryoso ang, ang government natin na i-address itong mga problema ng criminality, ay kailangan ayusin nila yung ating justice system. Hindi bat- bagong batas ang solusyon. It's the certainty of being punished that stops crime. And yan, kulang na kulang sa ating bayan. Kaya yung mga drug lord, eh, okay lang sa kanila. Yung mga, kahit yung mga smuggler, ganun, wala silang takot kasi alam nila yung laro ng justice system at nakakalusot sila parate. That's what we need to fix. It's been decades na pinapabayaan lang yung ating justice system. Kaya napapak- napakababa ng ating conviction rate. Mga 30% lang ang ating conviction rate. Kaya dito, okay ka maging criminal because you have a very good chance of not getting convicted. Sa percentage na yon sir, ah, ilan doon ang mahihirap at ilan lang doon ang makapangyarihan, ang may pera? Sa pang problema, yung nasa sampahan, yung hinuhuli, yung kinakasuhan, ay karamihan ay mahihirap. Hindi yon na lang mga drug lord na nasa malalaking bahay o yung mga talagang malalaking smuggler, etc., yun, yun ang isa pang problema. And, you know, and, and actually, madaling ayusin yung ating justice system kung meron lang political will at kung gawin nilang bahagi nito ng ating national agenda. Ang problema, ang mga politiko, they don't talk about this. Ayaw nilang even pag-usapan ng justice kasi siguro natatakot sila. Pag magandang takbo ng justice system, baka sila una pang mahuli. Oh! <laughs> Shady. Okay. So, attorney, i-reiterate lang po namin ha, yung magandang insight na sinabi nyo. If we really want to fix our justice system, band-aid solution lang yung bagong batas, panibagong batas, revision ng batas, what will work, and I assume you have seen what works is the certainty of the punishment. At alam natin sa kultura natin dito sa Pilipinas, politics, culture, ang lakas ng impunity or yung pag-exempt sa law ng mga may power, purchasing power or social connections. Kaya kahit nang gano'ng karaming batas ang nandyan, it can easily be brushed off. Tama po ba? Yes. For example, sa Japan, 
ang, ang, ang taas-taas ng conviction rate doon, more than 90%, mga 95% ang conviction rate. Kaya syempre kung ikaw ay isang criminal doon, magdadalawang isip ka bago makagagawa ng masama. At saka doon, kahit na ikaw yung prime minister, eh, pwede kang kasuhan, pwede kang ikulong. And that's the kind of justice system that we need here. Kasi yung, yung taong bayan, halos wala ng tiwala na makakatikim sila ng hustisya. It, I, I go around the country, they will tell me, alam nyo, no, attorney, double standard tayo dito sa Pilipinas pagdating sa hustisya. Pag malaking tao ka, lusot ka. Pero pag maliit, ay, you get entangled in the justice system. And it's not just an opinion, sir, kasi you have seen this happening again and again all throughout the country. Tama po ba? I've been a lawyer for 30 years. So I've been practicing going to court for 30 years. Nakikita ko mismo yan. May follow-up lang po ako ulit doon. Kung sinasabi po nila na yung problema ay nasa Mindanao, bakit po hindi yung Bank Samoro Autonomous Government ang mag-handle or pag-ayos po nung problema na yun? Bakit po kailangan national na batas? Talaga naman, I, I want to make it clear, talaga naman masama at salot ang terorismo sa ating bayan. There, we really have to address that problem. And it could even go beyond Mindanao. Kasi kahit na sinasabi nila, yun na sinasabing base nila, etc., it can happen anywhere in the country, lalong-lalo na sa mga malalaking syudad. So, we, we do need a law, but we already have one. Meron na tayong Human Security Act. Yung naging problema lang doon, yung, yung enforcement, yung pagpapatupad nito, ay kulang na kulang tayo ng resources, equipment, expertise, and manpower. If you want to track down terrorists, it's a very sophisticated investigation. Kasi ang kailangan mo dyan, yung equipment para matrack sila electronically. Yung cellphone nila, yung pag-messaging nila, tapos yung pera. Ang titingnan mo dyan, yung money trail. Kasi siguradong may paper trail yan. Hindi pwedeng you know, maggawa ng malalaking act of terrorism kung walang paper trail, walang money trail. Yun ang dapat ginagawa ng ating pamahalaan. So it's really not a question of the law. It's a question of the proper investigation of, of these criminal activities. Oo. Yun, yun pala ang kailangang tignan. Bakit yung Facebook posts namin yung tinitignan ng pamahalaan? Ano to? <laughs> Ayun nga eh. Ayun ang isa, isa ko rin na naging comment dyan na sa lahat ng mga problema natin sa ilalim ng pandemya, itong problema ng ekonomiya, problema ng health uh, structure, infrastructure natin, bakit pa yung inuuna yung anti-terror law tsaka yung mga ibang batas na wala naman, hindi, hindi naman dapat yun ang prioridad ngayon. Pero kayo, attorney, sa tingin nyo, bakit? Like, do you have a, a hunch or you have a working theory in mind? Why such priority is given to the ATL? I will tell you this. Bago pa nangyari yung pandemya, ako ay nababahala na sa state and democracy. Kasi bago pa nangyari yung pandemya, yung nabanggit niyong separation of powers and checks and balances ay unti-unting namawala. Bakit ko sinasabi yun? Naalala niyo, di ba, for you to have a, a separation of powers, dapat may independent judiciary. Pero nakita naman natin yung nangyari kay Chief Justice Sereno na inalis siya sa pwesto, wala naman impeachment, kawaran to lang. To have a healthy democracy, you need a, a free press. Pero nakita nyo naman yung nangyari sa ABS-CBN at yung nangyayari sa Rappler at yung mga kaso kay Maria Ressa. 
And if you want a healthy democracy, you also have to have an independent Congress. And yet, uh, alam naman natin na uh, kung kahit anong uh, gustuhin ni Pangulo ay pinagbibigyan siya parati ng ating kongreso. And that's why bago pa ng pandemya, medyo concerned na ako sa, sa demokrasya natin. Hindi naman yan nagbago under the pandemic. In fact, para sa akin, lumala pa lalo yung sitwasyon natin dahil nga napasa na nga itong anti-terror law. At uh, nanghuhuli na nga sila ng mga netizen na wala namang ginagawa kundi nagsasalita lang ng kanilang hinaing at uh, sa loobin. Nabanggit nyo nga rin, sir, na ang dami nating congressmen and also we have senators. Ang ano no, parang yung power ng executive branch dito sa Senate and sa Congress ay sobrang lakas ngayon. Sa tingin niyo po, given na ang drastic ng implications ng ATL, ng anti-terror law, paano po iyon napasa ng landslide sa Congress and Senators na karamihan naman ay lawyers? I'm sure alam nila yung implication ng ATL. Sa tingin niyo po ba, what was going on behind the scene? Kasi personally, I would like to empathize also with our lawmakers. For all I know, ginigipit sila or for all we know, buhay nila yung nakataya sa pagboto ng yes or no. Meron po ba kayong insider info just so we can try to empathize with these people who sold our freedom to this budding dictatorship? Wala naman akong inside info. Ang masasabi ko lang, kaya napabilis yan dahil nag-issue si Pangulo ng certification. He certified the bill as urgent. So, dahil it's na-certified as urgent yun, um, talagang ginawang number one priority ng ating kongreso yan. Now, I also want to clarify na hindi naman lahat ng, or hindi naman majority ng nasa Senado natin ay lawyers. I think, I, I'm not, okay, okay, okay. siguro, maybe not okay. even half, baka ba nga one-third or less ang, Meron nga po palang boksingero. Sorry, I forgot about it. <laughs> so, eto, attorney, nandito na tayo. Naipasa na siya. Ano pa po ba yung, ano pa ba yung magagawa natin? Reversible pa ba siya? Ano po magagawa ng taong bayan para maibasura itong anti-terror law? Um, ngayon po, alam namin na maraming nagpapasa ng petition to reverse the anti-terrorism law. Can you tell us more about that, sir? Daw, labing dalawang petition na isinampas sa ating Korte Suprema uh, challenging this uh, law. So, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, let's see what will happen in the Supreme Court. Uh, sana, ang, ang inasahan namin ay ididinggin ng ating Korte Suprema yan, magkaka-oral argument. And um, we're still, up, I'd say, cautiously optimistic that the Court will uh, listen and, and heed our arguments. And kung hindi man mag- matagumpay yung uh, pagsampa ng mga kasong yan, ay pwede naman din tayong bumalik din sa Kongreso. Kasi kung naalala nyo, nung napasa na yung anti-terror law na yan, may mga kongresistang binawi nila yung kanilang boto. So ngayon, pwede din natin silang balikan. O binawi nyo pala, hindi eh, dapat mag-file kayo ng bill, amendahan nyo, o i-repeal natin ang itong law na ito. So there are still things that we can do. Kung maibasura man po ang anti-terror law, will this ensure the citizen safety from random arrests? Kasi yung mga yung mga tokhang naman po, 
wala naman pong batas backing it up, pero tuloy pa rin, nangyayari pa rin siya. So, will reversing the anti-terrorism law guarantee us more protection? It will not guarantee us more protection, but it will be one step better. Kasi kung wala yung batas na yan, at least hindi nila magagamit yung 24-day detention, yung paghuli ng, ng suspect lang kahit na walang ginagawang krimen, etc. Pero tama kayo na nandun pa rin yung pang-aabuso ng, uh, ng nakikita natin, yung panghuhuli ng mga netizen, yung mga tokhang, at uh, pati na rin yung mga EJK. Kasi kahit nasa ilalim tayo ng pandemya, tuloy-tuloy pa rin yung, yung mga EJK in the name of the war on drugs. Kaya kami sa human rights uh, community, talagang every day we are um, vigilant and, and we're monitoring the situation. Kasi sa tingin namin, um, this has to end at a certain point. Kailangan may pananagutan din yung mga may responsibility dito. True. Accountability. Oo nga sir, kasi nabasa rin namin sa anti-terror bill na kapag may pinahuli, tapos turns out, wala naman talaga siyang link to terrorism. Yung nagpahuli, dati merong provision na paparusahan or something, pero ngayon hindi na siya paparusahan. So, erase na lahat ng accountability. Tama po ba? Atin do, sa Human Security Act, matindi yung penalty pag ikaw ay sinampahan ng kasong terrorismo at nakulong na wala naman palang basehan. Ang, mm-hmm. ang magiging multa doon ay pwedeng umabot ng 500,000 a day for every day you were detained. Multa doon sa nagpahuli. Yes. Yung mga nanghuli. Pero okay. wala na yon Inalis na yon dito sa bagong anti-terror law. Ngayon, meron, meron pa rin naman mga batas na pwedeng gamitin kung ikaw ay uh, unlawfully arrested and then malicious yung pagka-prosecute sa inyo. Uh, you can still file a case of damages or you can file um, even some other criminal uh, cases. Pero wala yung malaking deterrent factor na pwede ka mapamultahan ng 500,000 a day. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. So, sorry-sorry na lang. <laughs> Pag hinuli ka, tapos sa patunayan mong wala kang kinalaman, a-appearan ka na lang nang nahuli sa'yo. Bro, sorry. Kala ko, terrorista ka. Ay, nakakatakot. Okay. Um, meron po tayong question from our um, viewers, attorney. This is from Pauline Manos. Ang tanong po niya, ano pong pwedeng gawin ng mga simpleng mamamayan para ma-reverse pa ang anti-terrorism law? Alam niyo, malaki yung epekto ng public opinion sa ating kongreso. And, and even the courts are also sensitive to public opinion. Kaya maganda kung maipaabot din natin yung ano ba talaga yung nilalaman nitong anti-terror law. Sa, sa iba't ibang mga kaibigan natin, kapamilya natin, mga kapitbahay at kabarangay. Because the more people who are aware of what this law, the dangers of the law, um, the more we can harness public opinion and, and use it to push the government to do something about it. Kaya malaking bagay yung uh, edukasyon din. Maganda, sir, na yung word ay edukasyon at hindi debate. Kasi ang toxic ng mga usapan ngayon sa social media, it's more of proving who is right rather than what is right and what is good for our country. Parang it's all ego talking to another ego, proving na, no, my opinion is better than yours. So, okay, maganda sir. Thank you for using the word education because we ought to educate and not hate. Nabanggit na nga na 
ongoing na siya. May mga sinasubpi na na. May mga pinapahuli na. And halimbawa, meron po sa mga nakikinig sa atin ngayon na ipasubpi na dahil sa sinabi niya or pinost niya or opinion niya against the current administration. Ano po yung mga first steps na kailangan niya kaagad gawin to protect himself or herself? from whatever abuses na looming around him and his rights. Meron akong isang kliyente na gano'n na nga ang nangyari. Nung bandang ano pa ito, mm-hmm. mga two months ago, nakatanggap siya mm-hmm. ng sabi na galing sa NBI, Cybercrime mm-hmm. Division. Mm-hmm. Tapos sabi niya, wala naman akong alam na masamang pinopost sa aking Facebook. So, uh, mm-hmm. ang first piece of advice ko, consult a lawyer right away. Lalong-lalo na yung abogadong kilala ninyo, Yung someone you can trust. Uh, don't do anything without okay. talking to a lawyer first. Second, huwag kayong pumunta personally sa NBI o kung sino man ang nagsabina na wala kayong kasamang abogado. Kung pwede pa nga, yung lawyer na lang ang pumunta. Yun ang nangyari doon sa kaso ko eh. Sabi ko sa kliente ko, huwag ka nang pumunta. Sabi ko, ako na lang ang pupunta. So I went to the NBI, kinausap ko yung head ng cybercrime. Sabi ko, Ano ba talaga yung sinasabi niyong pinost niya na sabi niyong masama o illegal? And then, nung ipinakita niya sa amin, sa akin, I, I, I showed it to my client and we both agreed. Sabi namin, wala naman ito. Freedom of speech naman ito. Wala naman. Ano ba yung pinost niya, sir? Naintriga kami. Pinost <laughs> niya yung, yung tungkol sa policies ng government under the pandemic. Sabi niya, ba- bakit hindi ginagastusan ng ating pamahalaan yung mga health workers natin? Kulang na kulang na ng PPE, walang uh-huh. suporta. Ganon yung pagka-post niya, which to me is uh, really part of freedom of speech. Ano? Kaya sinagot ko yung sabina, nagpadala ako ng letter, mahabang letter sa NBI. Sabi ko, that is protected speech. You cannot file any case against my client for doing that. Mula noon hanggang ngayon, wala na kami narinig sa NBI. So, I don't know. Hindi pa na alam oh. kung nangyari doon. Baka binabasa pa nila yung mahaba niyong sagot, sir. <laughs> Batong haba. Shut down. Shut down. <laughs> Yun ang advice ko. Uh, see a lawyer right away. Uh, make your lawyer be the one to go to the police or to the NBI. And then, bahala na yung abogado niyo na makipag-usap at uh, magbigay ng argumento para depensahan kayo. Pwede pala na hindi ka pumunta, yung lawyer lang ang papapuntahin. You can be represented by a lawyer. Yes. Sige Sir, po. follow up. What if hindi po ako pinadala ng subpina at nadakip na ako kasi nag-rally ako o nagprotesta ako? What can I do po? <laughs> Para kung nandun na ako <laughs> at hawak-hawak na nila ako. Number one, don't panic. Uh, it's not the end of the world and you have to be... You have to have composure kahit na, siyempre, kakaibang pangyayari yung ganyan na nahuli kayo. Um, ask to see a lawyer. Tell them you know that you have a right to to a lawyer. And uh, demand that you be given that opportunity na matawagan nyo yung abogado nyo at uh, uh, makausap ninyo. If they try to interrogate you na walang lawyer, uh, politely, sabihin nyo lang, sorry po, pasensya na po, pero... ang uh, hindi ko pwedeng sagutin yung tanong ninyo kung wala po yung aking abogado. Huwag naman yung aawayin yung pulisa kasi syempre hawak <laughs> hawak nila kayo kaya baka may magyayari hindi maganda. At the same time, um, you you have to remember you have a right to remain silent. You don't have to do anything or say anything. 
and just keep on parang mantra yan. Just keep on asking and asking for your lawyer. Yun lang yun. And then uh, try to be as observant as possible. Makita niyo halimbawa yung mga pangalan ng mga arresting officer, saan kayo dinala. Kasi pag nakausap niyo yung lawyer niyo, marami siyang itatanong na detalye. Tatanong ng lawyer, sino nang huli sa iyo, anong oras, sino mga kasama, ano daw dahilan, etc. So try to be as observant as uh, you can. Nag-comment yung isa nating listener, make sure hindi ka lobat para you can you can call your lawyer daw. <laughs> Oo nga, true. Ito, alam niyo yung isang problema, ang yung mm. mga na, na naging kaso ko, yung nahawakan kong kaso, kinukuha nila yung cellphone, which to me is a violation of, of um, kinu, hindi lang kinukuha, pinubuksan at binabasa nila yung mga message. You know, I, I had, ewan ko, Ay ko kung naalala niyo to, nung around uh, early this year, may tatlong very young lawyers na nagpunta sa, sa isang bar kasi may search warrant yung police. Yung may-ari ng bar ay pina- kumuha ng lawyer, sabi niya sa mga abogado niya, puntahan niyo naman para malaman natin kung ano nangyari doon sa search warrant. Yung ito nakakagulat doon, the lawyers were arrested. E lawyer na sila ha, kumunta sila doon oh para nakama malaman kung na, yung, na tama yung proseso ng pag-implement ng warrant. Tapos sila mismo ay hinuli ang sinampan sila ng obstruction of justice. Ako naging lawyer nila. Nung, <laughs> nung, lawyer kayo ng lawyer! <laughs> oh, tapos isa nilang, yung isa nilang complaint sa akin ay yung mga cellphone nila kinuha ng police. And they were t- parang trying to open the the phones or yun ang report sa kanila. So and that's that, illegal. Well, they didn't be. In fact, we we had requested that they return the phones, no. But um, that that is a common practice, and I I really don't know. Of course, you you register your objection. Dapat kung kukunin ay sabihin yun ay sa tingin po namin na hindi naman po tama yan o labag sa batas yan at. Pag hiningi sa inyo, di ba, usually may, may passcode tayo para mabuksan yung phone. Huwag niyo ibigay. Huwag niyo ibigay. Para that way, um, tell them, I, hindi ko, I cannot give you that without my lawyer, without consulting my lawyer. All right. Okay. Yes, yes. Noted. Noted on that, sir. Sir, medyo malilihas ako ng question, ha? Pero, pa- patanungin ko lang po, do you think meron po bang connection yung pagpasa ng anti-terrorism law sa pagpapasara ng ABS-CBN? Is there a link between those two happenings during this pandemic? It, it's worrisome in the sense that they are both um, affecting the state of our democracy. Kasi yung, yung uh, pagtanggal uh, ng franquisa ng um, ABS-CBN, tingin ko, yun ay konektado uh, sa freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Kasi di ba, kaya naman gumalaw ang kongreso dyan at hindi binigay yung franquisa dahil nagsalita si Pangulo noon na ayaw niya, nag-alit siya sa ABS. So, so, obviously, it's a political move. Yun naman sa anti-terror law, it uh, is very dangerous as far as our basic rights are concerned. So, parang ano siya, sir, parang two parallel happenings, both leading to the threatening or of our freedom of speech. Tama po ba? Tama. 
Ayun, may bateng-teng, tama daw. Charot. <laughs> Sorry, may nagtitinda po ng ice cream dito. <laughs> okay. Go on, palamig sa mainit na hapon. Go ahead, Carla. Attorney, bukod po sa, eto na nga, may mga hinuhuli na, may mga pinapasarang media outlets, yung mga heads ng yung Rappler, pinapahuli si, pinahuli si Maria Reza, netizens, pinapasabpina. Bukod po dito, meron pa ba kayong naiisip or nakikitang unintended effects of the terror law? May it be political, economic, public health, pero yung mga hindi pa po namin na foresee na mga karaniwang mamamayan. Isang nakikita namin na klarong epekto nitong batas yung tawag na self-censorship. Uh, marami sa atin mm-hmm. ay magdadalawang isip bago magpo-post o bago maglalabas uh, ng mga public statements kasi nga baka mas- makasuhan ako ng inciting to terrorism. And, and that is also the effect, yun din ang naging epekto ng mga panghuli ng mga netizen nung nag-post sa Facebook, di ba? Ako nung, nung nahuli yung, yung sa Cebu, yung si, si Miss Beltran, yung teacher sa Sambales at yung iba pang mga nagpo-post, ang daming mga nag-message sa akin. Sabi nila, attorney, pag pinost ko ba ito, baka naman ako na susunod na hulihin. So, and that, that is the scary part because tingin ko deliberate yun eh. That it's really meant to make us a bit uh, scared and to censor ourselves. Kaya ako naman, ang advice ko sa parati ay basta't lehitimong kritisismo, uh, yung mismong opinion lang natin ang inilalabas natin, hindi, wala, walang labag sa batas doon. And you should continue to speak the, the truth to power. Kasi sa akin, yan ang essence talaga ng ating demokrasya eh. Na pag wala ka ng kalayaan magsalita ng, wala ka ng karapatan magsalita ng malaya, eh, how can we even call ourselves a democracy pagkaganon? And one of the lessons of history is that democracy is not given to us. Talagang ipinaglalaban natin yan. Our rights are not given to us. We really have to fight for them. And continuing struggle that uh, we all have to, to do as uh, adults. Yes. And ano, attorney, um, just to build on what you said, democracy means we have the freedom to say what we have to say and not just ikaw. Kasi kung naniniwala ka, listener, na as long as you can say what you want to say, what you have to say, habang yung ibang mga tao ay dinadakip at pinapatahimik, hindi yun demokrasya. Prebilehyo yun. Democracy is equal opportunity for each of us na mga mamamayan ng Pilipinas. So, just to clarify, hindi selective ang freedom sa ilalim ng demokrasya. DDS ka man, dilawan ka man, plain concerned Filipino citizen ka man, you should be ensured that right to say what you think. Tama ba yun, sir? Baka ko na ako ng kuda, mali pala. Nagpupukis ang damdamin ni Karen. Meron sinulat ang isang young woman like you. Mga last year yata ito, ang ganda-ganda ng, ng ginawa niyang article, pero meron isang statement that really struck me. Sabi niya, our politicians do not deserve our loyalty, but our country does. And to, that is also the essence of democracy. Ganda naman. <laughs> yes, I agree. Okay. And, attorney, ano ah, um, yun nga, nakita yung nagpupuyos ang damdamin natin para sa pag, <laughs> paglaban ng, ano, ng demokrasya. 
Ako rin naman, kami rin po naman ni Nika, actually. Hindi namin inabutan firsthand yung martial law kasi hindi pa po kami pinapanganak nung mga panahong yon Alam lang po namin siya dahil naituro sa amin sa eskwelahan. May mga nakita kaming dokumentaryo, may mga nabasa kaming artikulo, um, nagkwento po nung mga naka-experience ng martial law. Kayo po, attorney, na buhay na nung mga panahong yun. Tama naman yung assumption natin. Ano? Buhay na ba? Tama mga panahong yun. Di ba? Research ko. <laughs> oh, yan. Kayo po, attorney, na buhay na nung mga panahong yun. Pwede niyo po bang ikwento sa amin or ihalin tulad yung mga kaganapan noon, side by side, what's happening to our country right now? Well, totoo naman yun. I was 11 years old when martial law was declared. Kaya buhay na ako nung, nung panahon na yon. Yes, Sipin nyo yes. ha, 11, ako, 11 years old ako nung nadeklara martial law. 25 years old ako mm-hmm. nung natapos na ang diktadurya ni Marcos. So halos yung buong youth, youth age ko ay talagang under martial law yung bayan. Kaya masasabi ko talaga naramdaman ko mismo yung pagkawala ng kalayaan sa ating bayan. It's so different. Isipin niyo yung magigising kayo sa umaga, hindi kayo pwede magsalita ng malaya. Pag nagsama-sama kayo, huhulihin kayo ng mga pulis. Pag mahaba ang buhok mo, dadalhin ka sa Camp Crame, kakalbuhin ka. Pag ikaw ay nag-rally, diretsong kulungan yan. Tapos yung mga hinuhuli, puro mga kabataan. Kasi yung lumabant nung, sa Marcos dictatorship was one generation of young people. These were the best and the brightest of our country. Ang dami sa kanilang hinulit, tinorture, yung iba pinatay pa. And, and, and what are the parallels I see? Actually, there are many parallels. Unang-una, yung hawak niya sa Kongreso. Nung panahon ni Marcos, inabolish niya ang Congress, he took it on himself. Na ako na mismo ang mag, magiging legislature. So executive siya at the same time, Congress din siya. Kaya yung mga presidential decree, yan, galing sa kanya yon. And then, hawak din niya yung judiciary. Kasi nung panahon ng Marcos dictatorship, ang 1973 Constitution, pwede niyang tanggalin kahit sinong judge. So pag hindi ka niya gusto, bukas na bukas, wala ka na sa pwesto mo. It's a bit different now, but only in name. Uh, we have an independent Congress in name, pero... Sumusunod-sunod naman sila parati sa ating Pangulo. We have an independent judiciary in name, pero actually maraming takot na mga judge. Bakit? Kasi nung unang-una pa lang ng narcolist ni, ni Duterte noong 2016, may kasama yung pangalan ng isang judge na patay na pala. In the beginning, natawa kami parang paano may naisama yung sa listahan yung isang patay na judge. But think of the effect of that on a judge, yung buhay na judge. Siguro inisip niya, eh kung yung patay na nga na judge ay naisama pa sa listahan, eh de, na, napakadali na kami ay ilagay din dyan. So meron din chilling effect sa ating judiciary yung ginilalabas na mga listahan na yan. Because the judges are thinking, it's so easy, baka bukas pag may ruling ako, pag inakwit ko itong defendant sa drug case, sabihin nila, drug cuddler ako. Tapos bukas na bukas, baka nasa narcolist na rin ako. So there are these are the parallels and also yung hawak nila yung kontrolado nila ang media. Nung panahon ni Marcos sinira niya lahat ng newspaper. Meron lang yung authorized newspaper na talagang sip-sip lang sa pamahalaan. Ngay- ngayon wala naman tayong ganon pero 
marami rin takot sa media. Kasi nakita nila yung nangyari sa ABS-CBN, nakita nila yung nangyari sa Rappler. Kaya yung ibang mga media, eh, sige, huwag tahimik na lang tayo, mahirap na baka tayo naman ang maging uh, target ng uh, administration. So, yun ang mga parallel natin. And actually, ha, I, I want to stress this. It was during the time of martial law na doon ang unang nakilala yung karapatang pantao. Nung panahon na yun, yung mga unang human rights defenders, ang tawag sa kanila, komunista. Sabi nila, oh, yung mga human rights defender na yan, komunista kayo. Uh, dapat huhulihin kayo. At marami sa kanila ang nahuli, including my father. My father was detained for two years without any charges. May mga ibang abogado, hindi lang hinuli, pinatay. Dahil lang pinaglalaban nila yung human rights. Kaya, I, I tell young people nowadays, we should never forget and we should honor those people who fought for our freedom before. Kasi kung hindi dahil sa kanila noon, wala tayong kalayaan ngayon. And that's why we have to value this, the, the democracy that we fought so hard for. Panahon pa nila mabini, pinaglalaban na natin itong demokrasya natin. And really, when you talk about it, you, when you talk about democracy, sa akin, isa lang bagay yun eh. Ang hugot ng demokrasya sa akin ay yung dignidad ng bawat tao. Because what in a democracy, every person is a human being who has the dignity of humanity. And that is so important kasi mahirap naman kung mayaman ka lang igagalangin ng ibang tao. Dapat kahit sino ka, kahit ikaw yung pinakamaliit na Pilipino ay ginagalang ka rin. Actually, ideally, sir, sa demokrasya, walang malaki o walang maliit, di ba? Hanggat humihinga kang Pilipino... Pantay-pantay ang valuation natin sa isa't isa. Dapat. We're winding down. We're down to our last two questions. But before that, merong maganda pong tanong na pumasok dito sa comments natin. This is from Pat S. Sabi niya, Hello, I don't know any lawyer at the moment. And I don't think my family will support me in, uh, in case something bad will happen because they are EDS. Can you recommend any free legal services, especially for students? Well, I belong to a group of lawyers that provide free legal aid. Ang tawag po namin ay FLAG, Free Legal Assistance Group. And uh, pwede kong ibigay sa inyo later yung aming email address. So you can get in touch with us. There, meram, meram pa naman ibang mga grupo din na pwede niyong puntahan para magbigay ng libreng servisyong legal. Nandyan yung IBP, yung Integrate, Integrated Bar of the Philippines. May chapter in every province and in every city. May legal aid office po yan. Nandyan ang um, um, CLCL, Concerned Lawyers for Civil Liberties, na nagbibigay rin ng free legal assistance yan. Nandyan yung uh, Ateneo Human Rights Center. Nandyan yung alternative law groups. Uh, mahahanap nyo sila sa internet. Sa so pag-sinerge nyo lang, ay you will find their contact uh, details. Isulat nyo na. Isulat nyo na. Sa nagtanong, isulat mo na yung mga yan para kahit kunin yung cellphone mo, meron kang hard copy. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Thank you very much for that question, Kat S. Okay. I'm sure marami nag-iisip ng tanong mo. Okay. Ah, I have another um, question po, sir. Posible po bang hindi magkaroon ng election sa 2022 at mag-extend ng termino ngayon ng ating Pangulo? Tulad ng ginawa dati ni President Marcos, whose term lasted for 21 years. Is it possible? 
everybody is assuming na hindi, sige, sa 2022, babawi tayo. Register na kayo, register. Pero parang, guys, sa loob nga ng six months, ang daming nangyari. Are, are we sure sa 2022 may election? Wag, wag naman sanang hindi matuloy yung ating election dahil uh, karapatan natin yan. Hmm. Um, but if you're talking, is it possible? Well, if they will change the constitution, uh, maaring mangyari yan. At ako, talagang I will fight against it. But uh, it is, ang, ang isang theory ay kaya minabadali nila ngayon yung uh, cha-cha para mabago na agad ang konstitusyon. At uh, kung mangyari yan, ay, it could happen na hindi na matutuloy yung 2022 elections. Kaya yung issue ng cha-cha, dapat uh, we must all be vigilant about that. Yes, yes. Alam niyo na ba, sir, kung ano yung nilalaman ng cha-cha or ng charter change? Ano po yung mga plano nilang major revisions sa charter change? Iba-iba eh. There are around four or five different uh, proposals as far as uh, charter change is concerned. Meron yung, di ba, yung gagawin federal. Yun yung pinakamatinding yes. cha-cha. Yung talagang iibahin yung buong struktura ng ating uh, pamahalaan. Meron naman yung, yung target ay yung buksan yung economic provisions na dati ay under the present constitution, Pilipino lang ang pwedeng um, magmayari. Under yung proposal nila, gusto nilang buksan sa foreigners yun. Iba-iba eh. So um, it ranges. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we have to be very vigilant. At baka kailangan natin gumawa ng isa pang episode about charter change. Ano, Carla? <laughs> yes! Party, alam nyo na. Part 2 po tayo dyan. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yay! Pero ito okay. nga, mabalik tayo sa... Meron pa po ba kayong ibang maipapayo sa listeners, sa viewers natin, sa mga mamamayang Pilipino, kung ano po yung mga concrete ways that we can do to protect our rights, especially now, these times na they are very threatened? Well, una-una, maganda sana kung may makita tayong paglalabag ng karapatan ng iba, ay maipabot na natin agad sa online community at uh, pati na rin sa mga human rights uh, groups tulad ng flag o ng ibang mga grupo. Para may magawa rin naman kami, matulungan din yung nagiging biktima ng uh, human rights violations. Alam nyo, yung pag may nagva-viral, lalong-lalo na kung naalala nyo yung mga uh, video ng mga, yung mga nag-violate ng curfew tapos nilagay sa kulungan ng aso, very effective yung pag-viral kasi nung nag-viral, the government has no choice but to do something about it. So that alone is, is uh, very helpful. Second, ay maganda rin kung i- maggawin natin mas malalim pa yung pagkaintindi natin sa ating mga karapatang pantao. Kasi nang nilalait nila kung minsan, eh, sabi nila, wala naman daw halaga yung human rights. And yet, ito eh, lang, konting uh, paliwanag lang. Sa, bakit, ma- parati akong tinatanong, eh, bakit ba mahalaga ang human rights? Ang unang-una kong sagot doon, eh, hindi ba mahalaga ang buhay mo? Kung mahalaga ang buhay mo, eh, yun ang right to life natin. Hindi ba mahalaga ang inyong dignidad na, na ang trato sa'yo ay dapat tao at hindi hayop? Yun ang pangalawang karapatan natin, yung right to dignity. At hindi ba mahalaga sa inyo yung karapatan yung maging um, umasenso? O yun ang ating pangatlong right, yung right to develop. 
because we were all born with our own talent and we should have a right to use that talent for ourselves yes. and for other people. And hindi lang naman individual ang may karapatan. Bilang uh, isang bayan, isang bansa, we have a collective right. Ang tawag namin dun ay people's right. Kung ikaw ay individual ay meron kang karapatan mabuhay, tayong lahat bilang Filipino people ay meron din tayong right to survive as a people. If we have a right to dignity as a person, as a nation, we have a right to self-determination na walang ibang bansa ang magdidikta sa atin. And if we have a right to develop as an individual, as a nation, we also have a right to develop in the international community. So yun lang yun. Mm -hmm. Attorney Shell, that was our last question. Meron po ba kayong final message na gustong i-share sa ating viewers right now and to our listeners before we say goodbye? Uh, gusto ko nang sabihin sa lahat na alam nyo, never ako nawawala ng pag-asa. Ako ay talagang optimistic na darating at darating yung liwanag at uh, never lose hope because in our history, Basta't lumaban tayo ng lumaban ay nagtatagumpay naman tayo. Lalong-lalo na kayong mga kabataan, ako, ay actually kayo ang aking uh, inspirasyon. And I am very determined to continue to work uh, with you to make a better country. Ay, thank you very much. Love po. it. <laughs> Ay, fellow adults, uh, opo, si Attorney Chell na ang nagsabi na let's keep up our hopes and speak up, speak up, speak up offline man yan or online and let's educate ourselves not to confirm our own biases but to really understand deeper kung ano yung mga nakasalalay dito sa mga nangyayaring political events sa bansa natin ngayon. Thank you very much po Attorney Shell sa pagsama niyo sa amin at paggabay sa amin through the anti-terrorism law conversation. Maraming salamat po. Thank you din. Apo, viewers, please re-watch and share this very valuable conversation, informative conversation with attorney Shell Yokno. Nasa Facebook namin to, i-re-upload namin to. Facebook, we'll share also sa Instagram, sa Twitter. Our social media handle is It's an Adult Thing. Kapag gusto natin kontakin si attorney Shell, he will give us their email address, we will post it in our social media para merong aalalay sa atin kapag kinailangan natin ng abogad ng free legal assistance. Okay, thank you very much. We'll also upload this episode on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. So, tune in if you want to listen to this again. Tune in to our Spotify channel. Thank you very much. Ito po si Nika. Ito po si Carla. Ah! Ito po si Chell. <laughs> Naninindigan para sa ating mga karapatan. Because that's what concerned, woke, and responsible adults do. Yes, guys, please remember, you're not alone in this fight. We're in this together here in It's an, an Adult thing. thing. Thank you. Thank you. Salamat, Atorny. Bye, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.